0: Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.
1: Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom Help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Media Podcast Network.
2: What is going on, y'all? We did it. We made it to UFC two eighty fight week. We have been waiting for this. For Let's months go. I mean, how long has it been? How long have we been waiting on this thing, Jed?
3: I mean, we're going to get into it later, but I've been waiting for well over a year for, for a particular coronation that we are going to have. So it's a big I've been week. waiting a long time.
2: Big, big week. No explanation needed. I am joined, as always, by Jed. You just heard his voice, but we are proud to be joined by a very special guest this time around. He is the deputy editor of MMA fighting deputy editor. Jed, I don't know if you've ever heard that, but if you got deputy in your job title, I feel like you are doing something correctly. I mean, you
3: you're you're underselling him because he's he has a different title. It's actually the greatest
2: writer in the world. The greatest writer in the world, and there's proof to back that up because he is world MMA Award nominated best journalist of the year. I don't know if you if you know that space in movies, your Oscar nominated TV. Emmy nominated music, Grammy nominated, Broadway, Tony nominated in the world of MMA journalism, your world MMA awards, the fighters only world MMA awards nominated best journalist of the year. And that's exactly who it is. It's Shaheen Alshadi. What is going on, my man?
0: My guys, what an intro. What's up, I mean, fellas? It's, I'm it's so the best in be the business. Here. I, I am tremendously excited to be here. That intro got me thinking, how can we win a Tony at MMA Fighting? Maybe we can put together a little musical number, something to to whet the appetites. I don't it's, know. We need, just, just so we need to throw it out EGOT, I've EGOT pitched got you plenty of,
3: award. plenty of Tony material. Let's just, let's, let's just be real. That is
0: objectively false, and if you ever had, I would have said yes immediately.
3: Well, I didn't pitch it as a as a play. I did pitch it as a elongated story, but we could rework it into into Tony material. I don't want to give it away on broadcast because somebody yeah, else we'll, will we'll talk off will air. Write we'll it talk before off. I before I get around to it.
2: If we're going to get no, Tony, but... we're going to have to get Mike Heck involved. Oh, that's I mean, a given. Absolutely, master of ceremonies,
0: master of music. Uh, no, you fellas, I, I am so excited to be here. Uh, a huge fan of the show, obviously, big supporter of the show. Y'all make me some money constantly. Uh and so let's make the people some money. I I'm so stoked for this. This is like the best card of the year.
2: It's it's tough to argue that it isn't. We are stoked to have you. Uh quick little recap last week, Grasso Arujo. Uh, how are we feeling after that, Jet? Our man Rafael Sunsa, you talked me into it. Bride of Alpharetta, it. 3004. Let's stand up. Easy 3027 over Victor Henry. Feeling pretty good. Flyweight unders. Uh yeah, dude, they just don't mess.
3: I don't I don't know if you know this. There's still a thing. Still uh, out there. Even when they're not flyweight, even when one guy misses weight, still happens, still the lock of the century. We got another one this weekend, so I'm feeling great. I had a great weekend. Uh, We're going to breeze right past the main event where I foolishly tried to carry on your legacy of the women's flyweight unders, and that failed. That was tough. Spectacularly. It was one of the rare uh, under bets where I immediately knew it was gone. I was like, oh, wow,
2: (laughs) this fight is not getting finished. So So you were were like hyping that up to me. You were like, there's no way this gets finished while I'm sweating out a Grasso by decision bet. Uh, So, you know, I was playing the reverse jinx. I was like, you never know. You never know. In the back of my head, I was like, this thing is not getting finished.
3: It just kills me because... All, like, I when I did the research, I was like, all right, grasso by decision, that's where we're gonna go. And then I was like, oh, wait, I can't do that because of the thing, I have to do the thing. And then you didn't even do the thing with me, nah, so I was nah. out on an island, yeah. it didn't work out for me, but basically, every other bet did. So it was fine.
2: That is fine. It, it it was a good week for both of us, both winning weeks. Hopefully, the nice little appetizer takes us into this beautiful uh main course we have planned with UFC 280.
3: Oh,
0: yeah, can I, and, can I
2: quickly, I mean, oh, just very quickly, would you uh, please? The fly-
0: the the weight unders thing has been the most money lock I have ever seen in it's my entire career of doing this. It's unbelievable. Almost to the point where like I feel like you guys need to almost like stop pushing it so hard because you are actively going to start
2: moving these lines up. Like That is I the genu- power of no best part. I
3: genuinely part. think we already do. <laughs> I really so think, think people canceled, are in They on it.
2: canceled one last week. They canceled one of the flyweight fights last week because they got so nervous. They see the number that we got it at. The UFC was like, we're going to have to call this off. We Vegas can't take the hit of, of two it. flyweight unders. Y'all are the Roy Val was getting that done. Like we, oh. we know Roy Val was getting that done for us. Whether he won or he lost, he was going to make that chaotic <laughs> He was going to do that it in under,
3: in under 12 minutes. That's for damn sure.
2: You know, you, you're really on to something, Sheen, because uh, – they gave us a one and a half with Mohammed Makai. We'll get into it. This a is what bit I'm later. saying. A one and a half. You,
0: you fellas are doing this. We're changing. Changes is wishing up
2: to us.
3: They are, you know, and I will just to wrap up our discussion. Yes, please. we have a new theory that I'm very excited about. It was put into play last week. And let me just say, buddy, another electric pet. Electric. The castell. The Costanza rule is absolutely in play. Like, just if every, if, if you didn't listen last week, the Costanza rule basically breaks down to do the dumbest thing possible. <laughs> if if every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite must be right. Uh, and it absolutely worked with Todo, uh, Todorovich versus right. I bet the over one and a half, a healthy plus 190, smashed it. Uh, and almost immediately after it hit the over, the fight ended.
2: It was <laughs> it was beautiful for you because I was sweating out the under one and a half. Uh, I was waiting on a subway, uh, waiting on a ride home, and uh, yeah, I was I was standing there, you know, sweating it out. And then of course, because I also needed not to go to a decision, so I wasn't too upset about it. But uh, yeah, I was like, wow. I, the whole time I was like, oh, this Castanza effect's really going to work it's, out for him. I can't believe this.
3: It. it really worked out. We have a big problem because there's only one fight that I think the Costanza rule plays into for this fight card, and I really, really don't want to bet Costanza behind it. (laughs) It's I really want to bet with my with my logical brain, and I think on principle of the matter I can't. But man, we'll get into that later.
2: Well, that was a beautiful set. A tease. You know, it, we don't have to spend too long on Grasso Arujo, though. It was a uh, phenomenal card. We've made it through the four weeks. It, it felt sort of barren. We had the week off, then we had Dernyane, then we had the week off, then we had Grasso Arujo. Tough sledding, you know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too in the weeds, getting, getting mean here. But we made it to 280. We made it to the light at the end of the tunnel, and here we are. I cannot wait for this one afternoon card for us in the states. We start with breakfast, 10 a.m. That's when the card starts. It's gonna be beautiful. So let's kick it off. Let's start off. The main event the vacant lightweight championship it's going to be five rounds if it lasts that long charles olivera going up against islam makashev right now you can get islam for minus 190 Oliveira coming back at plus 160 over under set at two and a half under going for minus 160 right now over for plus 130 before i let you guys go on this I do have to say Jed is aware of this. I have a future bet on Islam Makashev to be lightweight champion on December 31st, 2022 at plus 240. I have that. And then they posted a future line for Charles Islam, and Charles was at plus 340. Didn't put nearly as much on that, just a little half-unit hedge opportunity. So cheering for Charles, that is where uh, the, the smart financial thing to do is for me to cheer for Islam. Sorry, I just said Charles. Cheering for Islam, that is the side that I'm on. I know Jed will be happy to hear that, but uh, yeah, now that now that that's out of the way, I, I don't know what's going to happen in this fight. Any scenario would make sense to me. Charles KO, Charles Sub, Islam KO, Islam Sub, Islam decision. Really, the only thing that I don't, that I would be shocked if it happened would be a Charles Oliveira win by decision.
3: I would be very shocked if that happened. I would Just be, because- yes. Because Isla Makachev is going to beat the shit out of Charles Oliveira. And that's that's why I'd be <laughs> I shocked it's going to happen. Look, I look, sometimes don't. you just got to have a corner and you got to stay on it until you die. And this is my corner. I've been saying this for over a year. We were talking about it in the pre-show. This is the dude. I've been saying that Makachev is the best lightweight in the world uh, since Habib retired. Nothing he has done has shown me any different. I thought reflexively looking at this fight, like I was just like, yeah, uh, Islam's going to kill him. And I still think that's the case. After I watched the tape, after I broke it down, so I obviously have Islam straight. I got him at minus 180 of the price. I got another little bet, which I'll get into there. But if you guys want me to give you the full breakdown on why I think so, I'd be happy to tell you why, because I have a lot of thoughts on this fight. But I want to go to Shaheen, see where he feels, what, what he feels is happening before we get into the nuts and bolts here
0: sure i mean this one man i mean i i know people keep saying this is sort of the the discount the walmart brand habib tony and that hurts my heart in a way uh because i wanted that so for, for so long and i i still to this day prime tony beats prime habib whatever we we don't need to discuss that i know i could see jed shaking his head right now but it doesn't matter okay. we don't need to discuss that but i can see the comparisons and i can see where sort of people are reaching for that but to me it just feels so very different and 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 Charles Oliveira, like, I, ultimately, when we get to making our best in our picks, I will be on the Islam side because I believe, along with Jed, guy, it's hard to say that guy's not the best lightweight in the world. Like, Charles earned it. He deserved it right now. You, he has that title. He's beaten pretty much everybody else in the top five for the most part. Like, he, he, you, he gets his flowers. Like, if Charles Oliveira is ever going to get his moment to get his flowers, it has to be right now. But Islam Makachev just feels like a different era coming. Just bearing down on this division. That man has been like the same
3: era that was previously here, and we just took a little break from it for a minute. It's just, he's Habib. He's Habib 2.0.
2: Listen, I I would say he's
3: like Habib 0.7.
2: Okay. I I like that. So here's where I'm I'm coming from. I am in 100% agreeance with you guys. I think Islam Makashev is going to win this fight. I wouldn't have placed the bet in December of last year. You know, Instead of celebrating the holidays with my family, I'm finding lines on Islam Makashev to be the lightweight <laughs> champion at the end of 22. I am in agreeance with you. The thing that worries me, the thing that scares me the most is Charles Oliveira. Every time I keep doubting him, he keeps pulling it out. It just feels like he has elevated himself to this new level where... I don't even know how he's operating the way that he is, but what you said—he's getting through everyone in the top five, retaining his belt, even with the you know everything that happened with the weight against Justin Gaethje and everything—he just continues to surpass my expectations of him. And if he did it again on Saturday, I would not be shocked.
3: I, I would still be pretty shocked, and I've doubted him the what whole you way. Know, really.
2: Even at yeah, this point, really, boy, really I mean. be shocked if he if he Come on, knocks Islam on his ass and then gets his neck and chokes him out, you will be shocked. I'd be pretty surprised. Do you have any flashbacks from the Valentino conf the Valentina confidence?
3: Never, okay. Connor. You've known <laughs> we, me for a while now. Confidence <laughs> but, is not something I lack, regardless of if there's reason or, or rationale behind it. I just it this fight. Look, a, a smarter man than I probably would have some trepidation, given the fact that I have been like, yeah, well, Dustin's going to tool him up, and Cagey's going to tool him up, and I'll even Chandler's going to tool him up. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember those fights. They all did, just beat the hell they out did. of him. Now they didn't win the fights because Charles Oliveira became way tougher. Like that was always the knock on him was that he was a quitter, and then he didn't. I have a theory on on how that is, and one of it, one piece of it is that you know you grow, you improve. The He's other part is that,
2: God.
3: yeah, the other part is really, and this is the the core principle of what I think. I think it's a horrible style matchup for Charles. That's because. It. That's the thing. Because I I think Gaethje and Poirier are really bad style matchups for him too. I think they did not fight smartly. And what I mean by that is Charles has weaponized the fear of his guard uh, in the same way that Fabricio Verdum used to do because he got hit and hurt. And if you go back and watch Michael Chandler, Michael Chandler punched him and he didn't give a shit. He dropped right down the guard and kept beating on him like he's redhead stepchild. and, like, and you know was pretty close. Round comes to an end, Charles is able to survive. Round comes to an end. he's back on the feet and he gets to do his thing. The problem for Gaethje and Poirier was both that they they didn't want any part of it. If I go to the ground with him, I'm going to get like that's that's a dangerous proposition. It's actually way less dangerous than you think it is. Of all his, he he's the the submission leader in the UFC. Can't take that. That is a number you cannot remove from him. Only two of those have come like traditionally from the back and guard work. Yes, he's active. He looks for sweeps and stuff. But people have had success being on top of him. Kevin Lee had success being on top of him. Like Nick Lentz had some moments there. Paul Felder just elbowed his freaking case in. Like you, the, the fear of his guard is way worse than the actual danger. But because of that fear, he was able to, and I'm not, I think Gaethje hurt him once or twice. I think he fell to his back like three times in that fight. It's just it's just a defensive reflex. He, he gets a standing 10 count of, I get hit, I drop down. You're not going to play. I get to recoup myself, get back up and do it again. At that point, it, it's really honestly a genius thing to do to weaponize that fear because it has created a, a bad math problem for his opponents of, every time you hurt me, I get a break and I get to recover. The one time I hurt you, I'm on you. I'm just going to attack you. I'm going to get the takedown. I'm going to start looking, being predatory with my grappling. That is a really bad math problem. Uh, Makachev doesn't give two shits about that math problem. <laughs> he's, Oh, cool. You want to go to your back? Sweet. That's where I want to be. I think on the feet, Makachev could, could have success anyway. I don't think that's going to come to play. He's just going to tackle Charles. Charles is going to do it. The first round, is I genu- I, the only round I think Charles is really dangerous because he is active with sweeps and looks for stuff. I just don't think he's going to have any success there. If you go back and watch the Kevin Lee fight, in that second round, Kevin Lee, the first round, Charles is is moving. Things are happening. still think Kevin Lee's coming out a- ahead in those scrambles, but Charles is in it. The second round, Charles is getting flattened out, getting dominated, getting controlled. The third round, Kevin Lee is gassed, shoots a bad takedown, and Charles hits the ghillie on him. I... If he, if Kevin Lee has more gas than that and doesn't take a, a bad shot, he can still lay on him. I think Islam is just going to take him down, beat him up, sit in his guard, hang out and be comfortable with it. And that's, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I, I just, I watched all the fights, man. I can't see a way where that isn't the outcome here. So uh, you know, my bet. I also took a shot on a prop, uh, Makachev in round four plus eighteen hundred. Oh, the, I the have theory. that too. All right. Oh, dude, nice. <laughs> the theory just being that, you know, with Connor at the top of this, when you said any outcome wouldn't shock you, I would I will be more shocked if Islam wins a decision than if Charles pulls off submission, certainly. Because when Charles loses, he he loses. Like, he's been stopped in seven of his eight losses. Like he he doesn't lose a tough split decision or whatever. He gets beat up. And that's you know, that that whole book on him is is mostly put to bed i think islam's gonna bring it back up because i think when you spend 15 minutes underneath the dude beating the shit out of you you're gonna start looking for ways out or it's gonna be easier to say i'm i don't want to do this anymore this sucks and i think and you know we've seen charles fight for a long time i think in the fourth round is just when it gets to be too much and that's when first round's competitive second round islam takes over third round he's starting to really put it on him Fourth round, Charles is done. So I took a shot on plus 1,800 there as well. Ask him a breakdown of the fight. Y'all can talk on
2: it. Beautiful breakdown. I, I have That's to great. lead with that. That was a beautiful breakdown. Uh, if you're going to be that confident, you might as well have the reasoning behind it. And, I mean, you have me convinced. You have me at least feeling better. I didn't need any convincing. I will say that. I, I am on, on Makashev's side here. But uh, you, you've definitely made me feel better about my bets. You mentioned round four. So I actually did take a prop in addition to uh, – <laughs> to my futures here it's islam in rounds one two or three at plus 150 so hopefully if he gets a finish one of us is cashing a ticket there and it doesn't come in round five
3: yeah if he gets a finish in round five that just threads the needle in the worst way possible for us (laughs)
2: yeah Uh, that would be a sweater
3: uh
0: i will say though the the way you lay that out I think was very eloquent because, because we hear often about guys wep- weaponizing pace and that sort of thing. Right. And you're right. W- Charles at this point with the success that he's had over these last couple of years, he has really wep- weaponized his reputation in a way that is really unique. And I don't know that there's a lot of like it, comparisons to Verdum it. Right? Like, is like
3: the only other dude. Yeah. He is lightweight Verdoom. Like that's it's very, very similar careers and he, games. He's obviously
0: extraordinarily talented on the ground, but you're right. It is mostly reputation of this idea of, being scared to be sort of in a top control situation with Charles Oliveira Cause you're right. A lot of people have had, maybe not a lot, but s- s- people have generally had success when they're in that environment. And that's Islam's bread and butter. I, my one worry in this whole situation though, when it comes to, to laying money on Islam is just the pure chaos factor. And that's when I go back to the Tony comparison, that was always the thing that I, that I always held held out on with the Tony could fight is just the pure chaos that Charles will create in this fight. And he is so good at creating chaos with these guys confusion, uh, and just sort of making things weird, making things feel, feel grimy. And and a lot of that is sort of the, the falling back to his, his back strategy that has worked out incredibly well, especially against Gaethje. Gaethje was terrified to go against the the, the ability to create confusion and chaos in there can lead to very wacky results and we've seen it consistently especially with this charles Oliveira run which if you just look at it pound for pound might be the single most entertaining championship run we have seen since what like connor and that's not even really a championship run because he didn't have any title defenses like it's up there and so that is that would be my one pause would be the confusion and chaos factor that this man inherently brings into this
2: I'm 100% with you, Gene. It's what you just said, the chaos thing. That's what I always go back to with Charles. And, And it's the way that he is so calm amidst the chaos in these in these recent fights. I know he used to have the quitter, you know, label around him. But now, like, if I was just watching back the Gaethje fight, and it's just like, he gets knocked down. It's what Jed said. He uses that time. All right, come down the mirror. Let me recoup. All right, stand me up. I'm right back to what we were doing. Let's go right back to it until he finds his shot. And then as soon as he finds the shot, drops down to the ground with him, doesn't get the, the initial choke, stays calm. And then just as soon as Gaethje tries to get back up, the neck, over first round it's just like his demeanor in it. and then he just stands up does the belt thing and that's it like it's just like the way that he can handles chaos and creates chaos is such an advantage for him i'm with you Shane. that's why i don't have the confidence that that Jed does going into this
3: i understand everything you guys are saying uh i just think habib and islam don't they they don't mess with chaos. Like they are
2: they enough, are Austin.
3: inevitable, and that's like that's <laughs> why I think this is a really like I cannot envision. Habib is the only dude who is a worse style matchup because he is more athletic than Islam. Like that's really the only difference. Like he's just a better athlete, so he would really totally truck Charles. But like I just I don't. I, it will be incredibly impressive. I'll have to eat buckets and buckets of crow yeah, if Charles pulls it off. it'll be bad, it off. Sure. Just sure, it'll an be bad. infinite amount of it. I may I may delete my Twitter and just hide yeah, forever might, if that happens. Uh, but I mean,
0: if it happens, just post the the Nuna's Pena video over and over again.
3: I mean, it's, that's, that's true. I do have you that one. I always fall back on that. <laughs> do have that yeah, one yeah. But it's just like that will make me – that still wouldn't even make me a believer because I still won't Crazy. understand how it nice happens. But, all right. Like he, he'll obviously be the best lightweight in the world, but it's still this, – this is a – pro. his process is awesome and it's really fun. It's a really smart way to use like to build his game. It has like a clear timeline and obvious deficiencies and I can't see it like – it shouldn't continue to work this well is, is my my main thought. Like at some point this should stop because he's not defensively responsible like like at all. <laughs> You – like, look at the history of UFC champions. None of them are bad def- – to like, have bad defense. Like, none of them do. It's just – it's one of the
2: things of the sport. All right, you, you mentioned that defensive responsibility. Every time that I am about to bet on an Islam Makhachev fight, every time I go to the stats – Dude
3: never gets
1: touched.
2: It's insane. Can we talk about the lucky number 13? He has never been – had more his opponent has never landed more than 13 significant strikes on him in a fight but three times they have landed exactly 13 like that makes no sense to me he according to the UFC like stat leaders page all time he has the fewest strikes landed on him per minute at 0.86 like the defensive numbers that he has around him are insane
3: yeah he's that that that's part of why he's inevitable like the only way i honestly see you beating him is if you have to be a john Martinez who pulled one hyper violent moment out of his ass and like that's it and for as much as as much as people want to give like israel this your grief and stuff like the primary skill set that makes champions have long and productive careers is they have incredible defense. And then if on top of that you have a really good chin, then nobody can get you out of there. And it's that's a different math game, right? It, you have more skills, so on a longer timeline you will win any fight. And that's, that's – it. Like it is impossible for me to look at Charles Oliveira, how frequently he gets hit and be like, that dude is going to stay atop for a very long time. And it just seems that Islam is like the exact worst man for him to fight in this moment.
0: That being said, I will say Charles Oliveira is a kill killer, be be killed type of fighter. His past 18 fights, he's had one decision, whether it's win or loss. He's gone to the judges once. So I will say those Islam Makachev inside the distance at minus 105 numbers, juice that up a little bit rather than minus 170 for for the straight money line, go inside the distance minus 105. I like that quite a bit. Uh, also, I will sprinkle a little round two, round three, round four. Two is like 550, three a 1,000, round four is 1,800, and the over is at, at plus 130. I just see a, a a fight very much like you laid out, Jed, where it gets to round three, round four, and just the wearing down of, of Charles Oliveira, just the Islam being overwhelming and getting him to that place that maybe he used to go to, and maybe that doesn't exist anymore, but either way, just overwhelming Charles slowly and just making him demoralized. I see that sort of
2: how this is playing out. I actually love that you just said that. Uh, I'm with you. I I love the idea of just taking the inside the distance prop. I mean, it's everything that you said, how chaotic everything gets. He is literally a killer be killed fighter. I mean, if you also Islam, he gets the lay and pray rep, but seven of his 11 wins are by finish. Like he's no stranger to getting a finish. The last four have all come by finish. And if you just look at the two fights combined, 42 UFC fights for the guys, 35 of them. Have not gone to a decision. I I just think it's one in it, in my opinion. Like it is, we always talk about parlay fodder. I I think the fight does not come to a decision is is a fantastic parlay piece. I've already got it in a couple parlays. Took it once at minus three fifty. Took it again at minus four hundred. Just the way that these guys fight, whether it's Charles making it chaotic early, he gets a finish, or he leaves himself open to getting finished, or if it's just the wearing of Islam over the rounds. I just I would I would really be shocked if we if we are seeing the the horn go after 25 minutes and we we have to sweat out a decision.
3: What is the what's the fight doesn't go the distance prop?
2: Uh, right now it's minus
3: four fifty. Yeah, there you four, go. Oh,
0: it's still hefty. So it keeps going up. That's what people see. Yeah. It.
2: I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be hefty. I mean, for for a guy, Shaheen just said it. Would would you say 17 of his last 18 have not gone to a decision?
3: Yeah. Yeah, man. The dude and he. He doesn't do it. He doesn't go to the cards. Also, the ones that have, have no, he's never gone to a decision in a five-rounder. I'm pretty confident when I say that, yeah. just
2: off the top of my head. So. Yeah, because the uh, the Ferguson was a three-rounder. Yeah. Seems I mean, very
3: unlikely that we're getting a decision. So that is a good parlay piece. I might add I'm, those two. I, those I mean, if you look at them, probably.
2: too, uh, 27 yeah. of the 42 have ended in the first two rounds combined for the guys. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't say it enough, but. I felt the same way about about Yuri Glover, and uh, that barely didn't go to a decision. It,
3: it really, really that that whole fight was insane and wildly different than anything I thought could have happened with it. So,
2: it's a nice thing to uh, keep in mind that quite literally anything can happen in this sport.
3: I mean, yeah, you know, that's the entire premise of the Costanza theory rests on
2: that very idea. So, all right, so we are all aligned. And we think Islam Makhachev is going to be the new lightweight champion of the world. Me and Shaheen are proceeding with a touch more confidence. And Jed is putting his entire reputation on the line <laughs> on uh, Islam getting this done. It's
3: pretty true. I'm not putting my entire bank account. Let's be really clear here. Just I like a, that. That's just a standard standard set of bets here. But I honestly, the, the biggest concern, and I'll end here because we got other fights to talk about. The biggest concern I have is that so many people think I'm insane. And I'm just like, maybe I'm too confident because like nobody thought I was crazy. But like Valentina can never lose or whatever. But so many people who I respect are like, that's nuts that it makes me think, well, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm on my bullshit right now and I can't see the forest for the trees, but we'll find out on Saturday.
2: Yeah. One, one argument I'll make against that is I think Valentina was like minus 800 and Islam is like minus 180.
3: Yeah, I'm. That's the thing. I'm genuinely shocked. He's my. I thought that he would be like a minus two fifty at he the. He opened minimum. at like
2: minus four hundred.
3: Yeah, that's kind of. I thought that might maybe that gets bet down because that's a pretty high opener. But like I minus two fifty, minus three hundred. That's where I thought. Fact that this is close. People come around. They respect the man. Respect Ch- Chucky Olives.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a fact. All right. Uh, Minus 400 roll. is outrageous. Jesus Pretty Christ, Christ disrespect. That's why, that's why I took the half edge. That's why I took, that was back in, I think it was like February 27th. I took, I took the bet. Uh, I thought it was a little disrespectful as well.
1: Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone Atlassian. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. But, uh, all right, let's keep it rolling. Co-main event.
2: Going to just stay interesting throughout this entire card. I mean, this thing is just chock full of fantastic matches. Every
3: fight's good, man. Every fight's good.
2: It's amazing. I I can't wait. Right now, we got the uh, men's bantamweight championship. Aljamain Sterling going up against TJ Dillashaw. Sterling right now can be at for minus 175. Dillashaw plus 150. Over, under, set at four and a half, over, minus 205, under, plus 165. What do we got? We got any bets for this one? I do. I, I do know as well.
3: I'm, oh, okay. Uh, do you have straight action? Are you propping?
2: <laughs> I got straight action. I'll just come out and say it. I, I took Al Jermaine, uh, not with the utmost confidence here on TJ.
3: Oh, for sure, dude.
2: <laughs> All right, are you, I was surprised are you... by those underdogs, uh, underdog
0: odds on TJ. Frankly. Are you as confident as you are on Islam?
3: I'm pretty confident. I'm I'm not as confident. I have one I've one very real question about TJ, uh and it's just that he's old. Like he's uh he's 36 or about to be 36. He's in the neighborhood. Um and that's just yeah. really old for anything that's below 185 basically,
2: so. He's about to be 37 actually.
3: Oh, he's about to be 37, yeah. So yeah.
2: that's We've also only seen him fight one time in the last 45 months.
3: Yeah. That one doesn't concern me as much because I saw that fight and I think that he still has it. Uh for the most part. I my gut told me that I would have been on TJ. And then when I when I cracked tape, I was like, TJ's gonna kill this dude. Like I I think this is going to be a Hinnan Barrow-esque styling on Al Sterling, assuming that being old doesn't really catch up to him. Uh and let's be clear, because right now, Carly got some listeners who are like, "Well, you're just a hater." I was, the, I was the guy at MMA fighting who was standing for Aljamain Sterling. Shaheen can can attest to this. When everybody else was was on their bullshit with putting Piotr Yanis the number one ranked band away in the world, it was me. And I don't remember who the other stalwart was that said Aljo deserved the ranking. I have stood by this man. Not for any of his beliefs or things that he says, but the his in-cage performances. But this is a bad fight for him, man. Like this is if TJ's still mostly there, it's really tough for him. Aljo has one really good skill. It's taking the back, right? Like he he can do that. That is a tough game to pull off against TJ Dillashaw, man. Like TJ Dillashaw is a really good defensive wrestler. So is Piotr Jan. But do you just take a guess, guys? Do you know how many, like how long collectively has somebody controlled TJ Dillashaw during all of his UFC fights?
2: That's a great question. I don't have the answer oh, to it. Oh, man. 88 put the seconds over under, total. I was going to say i put the over under at
0: two minutes. It's not 80, up.
3: 88 seconds total, the longest of which was Dominic Cruz with a whopping 33 seconds of control time off of four takedowns. The man is spring loaded. He just pops right back up if he gets taken down. And he's not going to do the Piotr Jan. Here's my back. Cause that's not how he does. It. Like he's I don't see Aljo getting to the back. And I I have no confidence in Aljo I Man Sterling as a striker. And that's just it. Like he he's not awful at it. He is so obviously uncomfortable doing it that it makes me uncomfortable watching him. Like he does everything a little too fast, a little too aggressive. It looks like a guy who doesn't want to do this, and so his response is to do too much of it. And it's that, thats what happened. That's what happened in the first on fight. Start what started to happen in the second. He's too a little too frenetic. And TJ Dillashaw is a fluid striker. I think he's. That's I don't absolutely. think Aljo can get the takedowns. I think TJ is just mostly going to tune him up on the feet. I don't know if we get a stoppage or not, but unless Aljo can come out like a house on fire, find the back, and finish the thing. And he is really good at that very thing. Maybe he can do it. Nothing I've seen in Dillashaw's career makes me think that that's probable for for how to beat him. So I've got TJ underdog odds. The odds keep moving more towards Aljo, which is also very surprising to me. I thought that TJ would get a little bit more comeback as a fight junior. I guess people just hate man on the juice, but I got Dillashaw at plus 150, and I I feel pretty good about that bet.
2: We can talk can about I? moving odds uh, next up, but Shaheen, uh, let me let me hear what you think about this one. Sure. And Jed,
0: can I give you one stat to play devil's advocate and see what you think about it? Sure. Does it concern you even the slightest? You you open this by talking about T.J. Dillashaw's age. If T.J. Dillashaw was to win on Saturday and become the UFC bantamweight champion, he would be by far, by far, the oldest undisputed UFC champion. Under uh, under 170 pounds in history, lightweight, featherweight, bantamweight, flyweight, he would by far be the oldest champion to ever become undisputed uh, and hold the belt at I mean, 36. Yeah, yeah does that does that concern you? Because that to me tells the you That's a big concern, right? Because in these lower weight divisions, it is such a fast, quick trigger division. It's it's uh, divisions that the uh, it's all about reflexes and just speed and timing and all of that. And those are the first things to go. Once you get up to 40 uh, in middle age, does that concern you in the slightest with your confidence?
3: Concern that that is the concern in the fight. Like that's it. Everything else feels very straightforward. It is just how much juice pun somewhat intended does, <laughs> does TJ still have left in the tank? I think he still has enough because he, he looked mostly good in the Sandhagen fight. Sandhagen presents very, very different challenges. I want to be extremely clear. I do not think Dillashaw, would beat Piotr Jan or Corey Sanhagen in a rematch. And they're maybe he didn't be a beat couple, him in the first fight, frankly. I mean technically, but technically he did, but yes, that uh, thing if, if they rematched, I, love, I think Sanhagen would plays, actually get the job.
2: Chad is uh, the technicality on on wins when uh it's the fighter he's backing. But when, when he, it benefits uh, him yeah. when he, when he's making the claim he's like no, no they I was don't, just they
3: clarifying for that. the listeners, I agree with, with Shaheen. I don't actually think that uh TJ won that fight upon rewatching it earlier today. But he did technically win in case anyone is wondering. Uh, but yeah, I it, it, the, his issues in that fight did not look to be age related, so so much as they look to be that's a tough style fight for him. And I think he would lose the belt almost immediately um, should, should he get it this weekend. But you know, uh, I just think Aljo, I think Aljo's a really bad matchup for a lot of people in the division. I think TJ happens to be the the rock to his scissors.
2: Yeah, so for me, come in event UFC 280, I'm gonna just have to put a bet down. That that's just gonna have to happen. Uh, so I did somewhat force this. You know, if this is happening on a normal week, I might not take it. The argument that I'll make for always ultimate, force
3: bets. That's what the smart gamblers that's do. That's what the sharps
2: do. That's plus EV force some bets, baby. Plus
3: EV baby.
2: Uh, one thing on the TJ side that would concern me is everything that Shane just said. It's it's how old he is. We we've seen him fight one time in forty five months. I know you said uh, the issues that were presented to him against Corey Sanhagen weren't age related, but I do think he is past his prime. You know, you're you're talking about how much juice is left in the tank. Prime TJ Dillashaw. Are you see, you guys,
3: seeing photos of that
2: dude in fight Cause week because it uh, looks like he might be on juice again.
3: <laughs> he he looks like he has juice in the tank uh,
2: yeah. for this fight. No, it's a good Take way to that it. how you will, listeners. Uh, yeah, I mean, the youth of Aljamain, I think, is going to be advantageous for him. And then you mentioned the takedowns, not being able to get the takedowns. I know 88 seconds for T.J. Dillashaw, you just mentioned that fantastic stat. That's a nice pull on that. Aljamain attempted 22 takedowns against Piotr Jan and only landed two of them. That's a terrible stat uh, for someone that needs to get T.J. Dillashaw down. All you need is two that. But all he needed was those two. And that is why he's still the bantamweight champion. Over the 25 minutes, do I think he could pull something off again? I'm going to lean toward the sides of yes, and that's why I'm backing Aljamain Sterling. In.
3: I'll give you a little bit of support, Connor. Just statistically, Jan is actually better takedown defender than TJ. I I don't. That's yeah, I think Jan's like 90 percent or something. Um, he's like he's very high in that regard. I don't think the way Aljo shoots takedowns, uh, it plays the same versus the way TJ because Dillashaw. Jan is great, but his his movement is very static. He's he's pressuring you. He's mostly flat footed, whereas Dillashaw's doing the bouncy Dwayne Ludwig switch stances stuff, which I think actually makes it a little more difficult for Sterling's particular brand of of getting inside and taking you down. Um, so you know, if if you want to be a, a a Sterling backer, take confidence in that.
2: I will say I actually agree with you as well on the line moving on Aljamain. I, I think I took it—
3: I'm stunned it keeps moving towards uh, it. I,
2: I took it like a week and a half ago at minus 141, and I'm actually surprised that it, it's continuing to move in Aljamain's realm because I know a lot of people that are backing Dillashaw in this fight. A lot of people that—their uh, opinion I respect pretty highly. So I won't be shocked if if Dillashaw gets the belt back here.
0: My only I was, I was that- surprised when I looked at the odds today and saw that Dillashaw was, was the favorite—or the underdog. Yeah. I assumed he would be a slight favorite.
3: My my thought is really that he's old and rightly or wrongly, uh, we don't have to litigate this here. It's not neither the time nor the place. A lot of people think that his entire run is tainted and useless and that none of his wins previously count. And I, that's the only thing I can that makes yeah. sense to me because the in-cage product this fight is should at worst be 50-50. <laughs> like,
2: I think if this goes to a decision – you're almost guaranteed a 48 47, may, maybe even a split. I, I feel like it's going to be going to be razor thin.
0: I agree with that. Interesting. I agree with that. I Dillashaw, to me, like I don't have a bet I particularly like on this fight, but Dillashaw by decision at plus 300 feels like the best value oh, on the board.
3: I almost took that. I, I, there. Like I said, the, the comp for me here, and not a stylistic comp, but I think just how the performance is going to look, uh, is is and brow or, I think Dillashaw is really just going to put himself a class above, and so, I I think the most likely outcome is decision, but I also could see like a a late finish as Sterling gets a little more tired, a little slower, and gets teed off on a little more. So that's why I just took the straight action at plus one fifty. It's good enough value.
2: All right, so I'm going to be on Al Jermaine. Jed will be on TJ Dillashaw. That is the Bantamweight Championship. All right, we got the two title fights under. Now our we bout. have
3: the true Bantamweight Championship to talk <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. The People's fun, Championship.
2: Fun intended on that, it is the People's main event. It is the men's Bantamweight bout. Piotr Jan going up against Sean O'Malley. Right now you can get Jan for minus 265. That number is coming down. Some books have it at minus 250. Sean O'Malley coming back at plus 225, over-under set at 2.5, over minus 210. Under plus 170. Uh, So, truth circle, we're among friends here. I'll just go ahead and get this out of the way. Trust tree, July, these lines dropped. I take yawn as soon as it comes out, minus 275. Mr. Smarty Pants over here, big brain stuff, you know, beat the line movement. Think he's going to smoke them. Line drops down to like minus 400, minus 450 at some places. Sits there for about a month, month and a half, two months. Uh, And in the last like 10 days to two weeks, it is just getting steamed right back up. And uh, it's going to look like I have a pretty bad line here uh, on Piotr Jan, especially playing a single at that big a number. Uh, But, you know, just breaking down the fight, I just think this is a huge step up in competition uh, for O'Malley. I think Jan got a great test in Corey Sandhagen for a stylistic matchup against Sean O'Malley, long, rangy striker that's going to throw some weird stuff at you. Uh, And I thought that Piotr Jan handled that well. I mean, those last four rounds took them all, even despite it being a super close fight. Uh, And I just think that this fight has a 29 28 Yan victory written all over it.
3: I feel similarly. This one this one really got me because I I was excited to take an underdog shot on Sean O'Malley if that got gassed up. And for a minute it was, and then it's come right back down and I'm just like not a, I can't bet O'Malley at plus 230. So I don't actually think he's going to win. I just thought people were were gassing Jan way too high because I said this when the fight was announced. I actually think I said this um, on our post-fight show after Jan lost to Sterling, how I'm really interested to see what Jan looks like uh, coming off this loss. Not because he's coming off a tight loss, but because Piotr Jan is a 5 round fighter. Like His style, the way his game works, thrives with more time. And three rounds, he he has basically given off, given up every first round he's ever fought. Like he, he doesn't do as much. The first round is functionally what cost him in the rematch with Sterling because Sterling got the takedowns and, and back control in two and three. The first round, Sterling just did stuff and Piotr doesn't do anything while he's getting reads. And that against O'Malley, like he's going to lose his first round. Almost certainly. O'Malley's a fast starter. I think he is going to come on strong in two, but – in three round fights, if you're if you're just punting one round to the opponent, they only got to win five more minutes. And really, they only have to win three more minutes of that fight and then not, not be dead by the end of it. So I am really – the way his career came up, that never really hurt him. Now he is going to be fighting people who have a lot more tape, a lot more understanding of what his game is. I'm just really interested to see. I think Sean O'Malley is probably a good test for him in this regard because he should be able to get this done. But you put him in a three rounder against some of these other hitters at bantamweight, and like, I mean, Jose Aldo would have beat him in a three round fight. Like, it's like that would have happened. It's I have a lot of questions, so I really wanted to take a shot on O'Malley, uh, particularly O'Malley by decision at at a big big number, and that number is just not where I wanted it to be now. It's too low because the public loves him the sugar show, so. I have Jan in a parlay. Well, I don't have it yet because I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I want this parlay to be. But I'm going to be putting Jan as a parlay piece here uh, because I do think the style matchup, even with throwing away the first round, still favors him tremendously.
0: Exactly what you said is my biggest concern going into this fight because I also favor Piotr Jan. And I think Piotr Jan would win decisively in a five-round fight.
3: Wouldn't have a question about
0: betting him in a fiver. I would feel so supremely confident betting him in that fight. But just, this is a man who has not fought for 15 minutes a three round fight since like, what, 2019? We're about to go into 2023. Like, it's been a long time, man. And he has adjusted and molded his style around these longer fights. And like you said, downloading the information round one, just sort of letting it come to him. You can't do that. Especially against a guy like Sean O'Malley in a 15 minute fight. Like you, exactly what you said. Sean's probably going to win the first round of this fight. And then it comes to, can Piotr just win the next two? So that's my biggest concern as well. So I don't know. I, I but I do, I mean, this is Piotr Jan's fight to win. If they if they fight 10 times, it feels like he would win nine. Um and so, think so. I like Piotr Jan's decision minus 110. I, I kind of even like Jan inside the distance at plus two fifty. Like if you can get a little bit of juice on Jan to do something special in the round three, like I kind of dig that.
3: See, I, I had the same. I was trying to look at a prop where I could feel better because I just don't. I can see either of those things. I can see him getting a late stoppage um, on Sean. I could also see him getting ju- – just winning a 29-28. So it's it's just tough because O'Malley's – O'Malley should be better than he is, is all the other problem. When I was looking at this and I wanted to and then I actually watched the tape, I was like, actually, Sean O'Malley is missing some really important components to his game, and I think that's what's ultimately going to cost him here. He can't. He can't create offense unless you're giving him something to work off of. He he very clearly watched Conor McGregor growing up. <laughs> like he very obviously that was a major influence on his style. But he he misses like a lot of the small things that Conor did that are really important. He can't pressure effectively. He doesn't really fight off angles all that well. And so it's like like Pedro Munoz beat him like won the first round by just not engaging by just being like I'm going to stay away to stay all the way away from you and you can't do anything as long as I don't run at you like Holly uh, and Pavia or, or um, Chris Moutinho like you can't just fire off shots into my face you're going to do dumb leg like sweepy leg attacks and front kicks he, he can't generate enough offense to win the later rounds which is why I think he's kind of screwed here I would like to see him to de- actually develop as a fighter because he has a lot of really good weapons
2: Listen, I like Sean O'Malley. I like watching him fight and I like the show that he presents. I mean, he's a showman. I, I'm down for as many of those as we can get in the UFC. I just think it makes the product better. Uh, it To me, it just feels like just a big jump in competition. I mean, it's what you just talked about uh, with Pedro Munoz. I mean, that was his his toughest test to date. Uh, and he lost the first round and then it ended in, in you know a no contest with the eye poke. I wasn't wildly impressed with him there. I mean, yeah. He's looked impressive in the striking against guys like Holly and Paiva who who are running at him. You know, I mean, Chris Matinho, that's, that's a short notice against a guy who is not UFC level. Thomas Almeida, like, he has not fought anyone, in my opinion, close to the stature of Jan. And then just watching back that Jan-San fight. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, the Cheeto one is but a weird one, But that didn't go too. well like, for him, though, yeah, right? it, it, it didn't, didn't go it well.
3: It didn't. I also don't think Cheeto's quite where Jan is but like that's it and he lost that fight I feel decisively but and here's the something Cheeto, that
0: was... the Cheeto. oh sorry go ahead Connor
2: no 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 go ahead go ahead Shane
0: I was just gonna say, like the Cheeto fight is emblematic to me of, of I think one of my big questions I still have for Sean that that also gives me pause going into a fight like this against a murderer like Piotr Jan, which is just I still don't understand for however long this dude's been in our life and Sean's surprisingly been in the UFC longer than you would for think, really like really sneaky
3: had, long time.
0: Yeah, like it's way longer than you would expect if I I just asked you blind to. Oh say yeah. It. Um, yeah,
2: like he has ten UFC fights <laughs> over it was like debut. seven years yeah, or something. Twenty seventeen. Too. 17. Yeah, yeah this is year five years. for him. This is year five
0: for him at this point. My, my one question that we still haven't seen even del- delved into really with this guy is how is he able to sort of handle adversity in any positive way? Because he has been a front runner his whole entire UFC career for the most part. The one time we did see it, actually really the two times we saw him deal with adversity were the Munoz fight and the Cheeto fight. And both of those ended either weirdly or he lost it like, I just – I am not confident yet that he is able to get hurt and deal with it and battle back or get in a big hole, deal with it and battle back. Whereas I definitely know that Pyotr Jan can absolutely do that.
3: He is that dude.
2: Yeah. The, he is that uh,
3: dude for sure.
2: The line movement is definitely – you know you hate to get a bad line on things. But I do know and I feel good about the fact that one, I think Pyotr Jan really. is, is just – a, a level above, and two, he is going to fight for my money. I know that over the course of the 15 minutes, this dude is going to have no in him, which You always want someone that you bet on. One situation I do want to throw out to you that watching back a couple of Jan's older fights after looking at the statistics is a world where Jan takes this to the ground. Like he he's, didn't going, do it against, he's going to do it. You think so? I agree. He, I agree. I agree. Like, he, he didn't do it against Sandeigen or Aljo too, but he had 16 well, takedowns well, over the against previous fight. Uh, well,
3: one, he did... Didn't he? He didn't take Aljo down, but in the second in their second fight, he right, spent prolonged periods of time on top after Aljo had crappy shots or whatever. Um, Sandhagen, he didn't really need to. He's winning the fight. Also, Sandhagen is like long and a little tricky in that regard. Uh, I mean, but he he basically said on it, uh, on the MMAR with the Helwani, great program earlier this okay. week. Like, I don't think this is just going to be a kickboxing fight. Like, he he is a good wrestler. He's a very good top position grappler. I think he is going to mix that in and I think I think in rounds 2 and 3 he's really going to start taking over with volume and and with takedowns.
2: I'm glad you see it that way because uh I I really think that's something we're going to see is is Jan taking this to the ground and, and what you said Shaheen, him dealing with adversity. What if Jan starts pounding him out on the ground? How is O'Malley going to react? Is he going to try and fight back or is he just going to, you know, throw himself? He didn't
3: react that well when it, when Cheeto did it.
2: Did not react <laughs> so. well at all, uh, I, I would say. So that's that's something that I'm pretty intrigued in watching. I think at the end of the day, though, I, I do think Jan is the one getting his hand raised, likely 29-28 decision.
3: Full agreement across the board. Let's go.
0: Uh, those Those yawn decision
2: odds, minus 110, baby. Let's go. Yeah, pretty good odds for that, honestly. Uh, All right. Those are the top three fights. Biggest three fights, uh, you know, on the card. We can start moving it a little more here. We'll keep it rolling on the main card. Wow, the
3: disrespect for the next fight up, which is honestly maybe the most interesting fight on the card for me.
0: (laughs) There's That's so insane. Many. That is absolutely insane. Well, if you take the coming. stakes
3: out of it, if you're just talking about uh, the fish but you fight, can't take the stakes out. No, but I'm just saying, no, just on a on a fight basis. Is, yeah, what are we talking no, about? That doesn't work for me because I think I know how that fight goes. That fight is going to be an ass kicking. Oh I have my God. no freaking clue what this next one is doing, Yesterday
2: yeah, on the MMA, I was the only one that was like most intrigued about the main event. Like I'm going to be like – I'm going to have to be sitting on my hands when they're making their walks out to the octagon.
3: I'm the most excited about that fight for sure. But I like I, I just have less intrigue because I feel really confident in the outcome. If I'm wrong, well, hell, I'm wrong. You know, we already okay, done well, that. This one, have I have no good. idea.
2: No <sighs> clue what's happening here. I was hoping you were going to have something good for me here because I do not have I have a time. bet. Oh, all right, all right. Because well, I'm out. me. Of course I have a bet. Benil Darius taking on the I have, I have, I have the a bet, but it feels crazy. Oh, I can't oh, wait to God, eat God. It. I'm excited. All right, it is the fourth fight on the main card. It is a lightweight bout. It's Benil Darius going up against Matthias Gamrot. Right now you can get off for minus 190. Benil coming back at plus 160. Over-under set at two and a half. Over minus 185. Under plus 150. I got nothing on this fight. I, I have zero bets. Uh, I was kind of hoping you guys would be like, we're gonna have to lay the smack on the underdog and Benio, and I was gonna be like, all right, let's do it. But I have, uh, I have intrigued two bets. What you have
3: to say. I have two bets, but I'm I'm intrigued in what Sean has because if he feels crazy about it, I think I know what bet you have just by you saying that. But is is it a straight bet or do you have a prop bet? Is that the bet that you feel crazy about?
0: I have a prop bet, and oh, for yeah. some reason it just because I, me, I think I, I think I'm on it with you. It feels wrong, but the Constanza principle feels like it's in full effect here, where it's just like, maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about, and this is actually the right way to go. Um, Mine is that this fight just generally, because I don't know, I don't have a read on this. I don't know who's going to win. So my fight, my bet would be just doesn't go to decision plus 120, which feels wrong, because it feels like this fight is definitely going to go to a decision. But also, these two dudes are just absolute savages in there, and they're always going for something. And it just, it feels like this is the type of fight where we could see chaos.
3: I I agree in a lot of principles with that. Uh, not where I was at. Not where my bet is. Because oh. that feels less crazy to me. Um, mainly because one of my bets goes directly against this. I am on Benny Darius, which I am surprised by. Because uh, I was talking with the great Mike Heck earlier today of MMAFind.com. Great website. and Great website. Great website. And great website. Uh, I was like, you know, I I I, I think I got to take Gamrot um, before I dug into the tape and stuff. It was like... I just love Matush Gamrot. Like, I think he's awesome. That fight with Armin Sarukian, it's never going to get the love it deserves as a fight of the year contender. It's probably going to be like number five on our list by the end of the year or whatever, but it was awesome. And I think Armin Sarukian is, is as inevitable as another dude we're going to talk about later, this card, as is a Makachev. That guy's holding a belt. There's no doubt in my mind. And so for Gamrot to, lose I think I scored the fight for him but most people seem to believe that that Armin won that fight that fight is is razor close and for Gamrod to hold his own in that regard with it and basically be the 1A 1B with with Surukin gives me a lot of confidence in the man but Benny Dariush, there's just something about him like he's he's the most underrated fighter in MMA since Leon kicked Kamaru in the head like I think that that's that's probably the title he gets now after Leon kicked Kamara in the head. The grappling in this fight is going to rule. It is going to be some of the sickest shit you guys have ever seen. Go look at the at the wrestling exchanges between Gamrat and Sarukian. Benil Darius, a we the world class is thrown out too much. Benil Darius, legitimately a world class grappler. These exchanges are going to be awesome. I just think, I think this is close to a 50-50 fight. Darius is plus 160. There's value there. And frankly, I kind of think after the tape that Darius should be the favorite. He has more tools to win the fight. Gamrod is going to put a a wicked pace on him. He's maybe a little bit more athletic than, than Benny Darius, but Darius is sneaky athletic. And my issue is Gamrod is not nearly the striker that Darius is. Not that Darius is a great striker, but Gamrod is really, really limited there. Uh, And Darius is very willing. Darius is a pretty damn good defensive and offensive wrestler. And I think he is the better grappler watching the way they exchange. I think that there's a world here where Gamrot tries to create scrambles and exchanges and Darius is able to hold, hold his, uh, you know, hold his own, hold his down. And I could be all the way wrong though, because I mean, I've seen Gamrot fight, man, that dude's awesome. So I, it is really hard for me to know, but at the odds, I think I think Dariush has more tools, so I'm taking him. I also sprinkle just a little baby on the long shot of Dariush by submission at plus 1,000. Gamrot, wow. never been finished, ADCC, uh, <laughs> like European champion or whatever, like an unbelievable grappler. I think Dariush is just that good, man, that like there's totally a world where that could happen and at plus 1,000. Sort of just felt like firing a shot at
2: it. I like. I mean, I actually can't say that I like that because of the reasons as you just say about, uh, you know, Gamrot's grappling chops. <laughs> but I do like the you. It's it's kind of been whispering in my ear. You know, it's he's on a six fight win streak. UFC vet, like well rounded as well rounded gets. He's he's you know, he's going to be able to hold his own in the grappling department. He's never been taken down more than one time in a fight. I'm I'm kind of with you. I haven't placed the bet yet, but if this fight just feels fifty fifty to me.
3: That I mean that's it. It feels like a fifty-fifty and at plus one sixty, that's a lot of value on Darius. i I've, don't feel confident that this bet is hitting. Like I know, neither do I. But it just I,
2: there's something about like the 50-50. I, yeah, I can see it Darius feels, winning.
3: It, it's a coin flip. And like I don't think Gamrot can really challenge Darius in the ways that we've seen him struggle, specifically getting clipped. Like that's not Gamrot's game. On the other hand, like Gamrot landed a bunch of um who, who was he fighting who kept kicking him and he kept grabbing and taking him down? I can't remember this. Um, like That's that's very much a thing that is in play where Darius, good kicker, throws a body kick, Camerot just grabs it, takes him down, and then can hold position. I could see this fight playing out a ton of different ways, but at these odds, give me a fire on, on Darius.
0: Does the layoff concern you at all? Because if you look at, the, at how long Benil has been out, he, there is no possible way he's going to be in rhythm to start this fight, right? It's 17 months. Gamrot's fought three times since the last time we saw Benil Daryush fight. And as I love Benil Daryush. He's been underrated in this division for a long time. In retrospect, the Tony Ferguson win looks a lot different than it did in the moment to oh, the point where like, Gamrot would be, in my opinion, the best win that Benil would have on his record
3: by far. Well, I think that's for sure true. Um, no, as I'll tell you what. Honestly... Was. Honestly, the thing I'm more concerned about is it really feels um like the MMA gods just hate Benil Dariush. That's way that well. concerned that, to me. That is, like Because that, that
0: plays that into the layoff. He's it. had just the unluckiest <laughs> yeah. stretch during this 17 months. Yeah.
3: It it is much less a science math. It's just like, I don't know, the MMA gods are vengeful bastards and it feels like Dariush pissed them off somewhere along the line and like this this is the exact moment on the cup. I mean, he's already been screwed. He, he is fighting another top lightweight contender on the undercard of a lightweight title fight. And he is somehow not the backup for the main event, which is the most disrespectful thing I've ever heard. And I'm a dude who has ranked is the greatest lightweight in the world for a year over everybody else. Like it's unbelievably disrespectful. Just feels like the universe hates the man. And it would be, really par for the course for him to to catch this L in this position. Uh, and and that that is very, very concerning to me. Also, I don't believe that he's 32 or 33. I feel like oh. he's 50. He seems okay. like he's 50 years old because I thought he was 30 like 10 years ago when he was fighting Scott Holtzman and stuff. So it is shocking to me that he is like – in the prime of his athletic career. That still blows my mind. I have no trouble believing Matush Gamrot is in his mid-30s. Like he's that got dude. some
2: salt and pepper too.
3: I, it, it must he's just had be had salt and pepper. He's had salt and pepper for a while though. He's had, I
2: know. He a, like some
0: <laughs> of us go bald early and some of us get salt and pepper early.
3: Yeah, he's got the salt and pepper. And again, I think he's a better athlete than he gets credit for, but – he doesn't have the most impressive physique. He just feels like an old guy. Like Damian Maya felt old for his entire life in the UFC, and Benil Dariush feels the same. And it's really tough for me to bet him against a guy like Gamrot, but everything else points to like Dariush has where the value is. So this fight I'm stoked about because I have no oh, idea man. what's going to happen. Yeah, Anything uh, could happen, and I would believe it.
0: I'm even, I'm even more excited now that we took a trip to conspiracy corner. I'm here for that. May I introduce you to Bryce Mitchell? He's got some ideas (laughs) and some
3: thoughts for you. You know, Uh, I could, I could convince Bryce on a couple of things. I'm pretty sure.
2: I don't know if I'm going to get around to playing Benil, but, uh, it's going to be the, in the back of my head the entire week.
3: I mean, the line I think is going to keep moving towards him too. Like, I think, I think Amrot's going to be, what is he right now this moment?
2: Minus 190, I think.
3: Yeah, he's definitely gonna close at minus two hundred or or above that. I'm I'm feel really confident that that, that action is gonna come in on him.
2: All but right, how much of time. that
0: is just an out of sight, out of mind thing where we just haven't seen Benil for so long? I mean and we've I also seen a lot.
2: That's the thing. People love like a hot prospect. He was a double champ in KSW. He's 21 and one. He's coming off the win against Armin Sarukian. Uh, I feel like people love I mean, look at Victor Henry last week. People were running to the window to parlay. Fools, him up at minus 400.
3: Fools were doing yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's a,
2: that's a direct shot at everybody yeah, after <laughs> our boys from Alpharetta got it done.
3: Yeah, man. it's Some of it's that, uh, Sheen. Some of it's just that, like, what's Peniel has awesome wins, but he's still not high in the popular conscience because he takes time off, because he's taken a bunch of time off. Uh, because he just feels like he's not—he—he he feels the exact opposite of inevitable. And I don't think Gamron feels necessarily inevitable, but on that spectrum, he feels certainly much more towards. Yeah, this guy is—is is a thing. He is happening. He is ascending.
2: All right, we're all kind of leaning Benio. Maybe Jed's already locked in the play. Uh, that is the fourth fight on the main card. Let's get to the last one. It is a women's flyweight bout. Caitlin Chukagian going up against Manon Fioro. Fiero coming in right now at minus 205. Chukagian plus 175. Over under set at two and a half. Over minus 350. Under. Plus 270. I am a huge Manon Fiero fan. I think it is a damn shame that we lost her off of the UFC Paris card. I think it's great. I mean, what's not <laughs> to like? You, well, you don't like Manon Fioro?
3: No, I think her fighting at Paris would have been good, assuming it was still the Chukagian fight. I think had she fought Jessica Andrade, as was briefly there, that would have been horrifically bad and not a thing we need. Because uh, it's way more fun when Manon Furo is like a contender than another body who got bagged up by Jessica Andrade.
2: Uh, uh, it's neither here nor there on uh, on whether or not she was going to get bagged up by Jessica Andrade. 4-0 and oh in the UFC, the beast, rightful name, has yet to drop a round. Got real deep into that today. Ten rounds she's fought in. Not one single judge has given it to her opponents. Striking differential is off this world 4.08. Uh, I mean, she can mix in the takedowns. She's got great takedown defense. She's she's aggressive. I I just see her getting it done. I think she's going to be quicker than Chukagian. I I think she's going to be more aggressive. I think she's just going to outstrike her over the three rounds. Mix in the takedowns. Uh, I mean, we saw Hebus get Chukagian into the ground, I think minofiro is going to have similar success and i think she gets this done via unanimous decision
3: sean where are you at on this fight because i have i i'm in a pickle
0: i'm in a bit of a pickle because the power the overwhelming power of chukagian by decision
3: that's taxes. So, chukagian by decision I, uh, it's was gonna... so difficult to overcome this is really tough man <laughs>
2: I was really going to be shocked that if neither of y'all had Chukagian by decision, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't even know what the line is. I didn't even want to be tempted. I didn't even look at it.
3: Uh, by, UD, by UD, it's plus 275. Splitty, plus 1,000.
2: It's a big What's his normal decision? Is there a normal decision line?
3: Uh, hold on. Let me, let me pull it up right now. I, I was more looking at the Chukagin Splitty Chukagin line.
2: Chukagian by decision is
0: plus 240 is what I saw. Yeah. Yep. That's still overall. what and the fact that she's even plus 175 feels like value there. It, it's crazy when you look at these two, because I think we look at these two and Menon feels like this up and coming young new name prospect. They're basically the same age. Uh, it's just a matter of when they started. Like Chukagian was already three and one in the UFC when, when Manon made her like MMA debut. Like the fact that her
3: real one or her, cause she had like an Emmy career, didn't she?
2: MMA uh, has a uh, weird pro way of MMA warming debut. people's yeah. ages to you. Yeah, it does. it's, it's it's I as
0: much as I try to get over it to overcome it, I can't. It's it's Chukagian by decision for me. Like Chukagian plus 175 feels delicious. Chukagian decision plus 240 feels like the move. Over 2.3 rounds at minus 370 feels like a parlay piece if I've ever seen one. i just feel like I've seen this fight a thousand times before where some big prospect who's gonna go do big things in this division meets up with Caitlin Chukagian and we get a very boring 15 minute decision. And we know who wins those.
3: I love this energy. Um, the That bet calls to me. I can't make it because this whole fight is really weird. I'm really interested in it because I like Manon hero. I'm not sure she's very good at fighting. <laughs> I'm right there with like, you. She's not, she's not bad no. at it, certainly. But like she doesn't do anything that I, is, that I can look at and jump hang my off. head on. She doesn't
0: jump off the page. She, she does not jump off, the, off the, the
3: page at all. Like... She is – her greatest strength is that she is a plus athlete in a division that is mostly not athletic, and that is a huge help for her. But, like, she can wrestle a little bit, and ostensibly she should be a good striker, but she's really not. Like, she is is fast and has some power because she's an athlete, but her mechanics aren't great. She – the Jennifer Maya fight, man, like that's the fight that really made me because I, I came into this like Connor, being like, Manon, let's go, Fior. And it was like, she's gonna win, Chukagan getting a little older, Manon's ascending, etc. And go back and watch it. And it's like Jennifer Maya is not what anybody would consider a, a dominant striker, <laughs> like a, a really good striker. But strictly by the value of Jennifer Maya saying F it and chucking them, like just coming forward and chucking them. Put, put Manon on the back foot a bunch, made her really uncomfortable, made Manon look for the takedowns, and like, Chukagian's a bad striker too. She's not very good at it, but what she 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 is enthusiastic about it, if nothing else, and like that, this feels, I can't bet Fiora at minus 205. I just can't do it, because I think the line should be tighter, because Chukagian's got that dog in her, and... Manon just doesn't have the acumen, like the technical acumen, to make me feel that she deserves that that juice against somebody who only loses to the best of the best. I kind of want to take Furo by decision because this is definitely going <laughs> going to the full the the full fifteen, but like it's it's just hard. I I I'm I'm just staying away unless one of you was going to really sell me on something that I could get behind and maybe can I, I'll take can a I give shot the on the split decision. Pitch me. Can I give you the elevator pitch? And it's a simple Absolutely. One. Give, me the, give me the elevator.
0: How are you going to feel on Sunday morning when you're sitting there looking pitch. at your account, looking at your slips, and Caitlin Chukagian by decision was plus 240. So juicy sitting there. When's the next time you're going to get Caitlin Chukagian by decision to plus 240 and you didn't take it? How are you going to feel? That's the pitch. That's really true.
2: That is a decent How-
3: pitch. You sold me. I'm in. I'm actually you're there. Like, it's
2: stupid. you're gonna feel look, stupid.
3: Bet- betting is supposed to be fun, and it's way funnier if uh, Chukagian wins just an ugly, ugly decision here. Where because that the, the ultimate thing is, I don't think Furo is going to show out against Chukagian. She may well win this fight, but it's not going to be a she tunes her upper styles on her. She's just going to be a little bit faster, a little bit more athletic, maybe score some takedowns. This is going to be grimy. And Kaitlyn Chukagan defies the laws of science. She she just wins grimy fights. So you sold me, Sean, i in. Let's go.
2: Let's go. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, I she- get it. You you did just mention the Maya fight, you know, 30-27s across the board, as, as bad as you said she looked, thoroughly outstruck her, you know, did get those takedowns. Uh, I guess my pitch against it would be how are you going to feel in the morning when, you know. You, could, you, you almost took them in on Furo, which will be green. I'll feel
3: fine. Chukagian
2: I, will be red.
3: I can't take Fioro at minus 205. I could I could talk myself into Fioro by decision at minus 110, which actually means what I should be betting on on this fight instead of by decision is just fight goes to decision prop. Absolutely. Like that, yeah, yeah that, I did that. parlay
2: the, the over two and a half.
3: <laughs> yeah, like the yeah. over it, two and a half is actually the bet that I should just put into a parlay. But it's way more fun to shout death taxes in Chukagin by decision uh, on Saturday afternoon should she finally get her hand raised. So I'm not going to put a full full unit on it, but I'll take a shot because let's have some fun, baby. Let's have some fun, baby. Well,
2: let's have some fun. That is the main card. I will be on Firo. They are on Chukagin by decision. Uh, let's get into the prelims. First up, welterweight bout. We've got Bilal Muhammad going up against Sean Brady. Brady right now can be had for minus 145. Bilal coming back at plus 125. I have never bet on Bilal Muhammad before.
3: Is and there a reason I'm going to start
2: now? You think I you're just, going
3: to or you're not going to start now? <laughs> I said,
2: now? and I don't think I'm going to start now because I took Sean Brady as soon as these lines dropped, and I would take him again right now. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna go full cheesesteak like we did with Pat Sabatini. Felt like we kind of jinxed the guy, put a little too much pressure on him. Don't put that
3: jinx on me. You're the man who ruins bets with your shirts and all the stuff. You're the jinx <laughs> here. <laughs> I've watched the MMA Hour, I know how the shirt game works. Don't be wearing a Phillies jersey or or whatever come Saturday. That we can't do that.
2: I do have a little something in the air for Saturday. Uh, you'll find out about it then. You Love guys will it. both be happy with it. I can, I can assure you that. Uh, or the T-shirt curse is just fake, and people love pushing narratives. Uh, you know, been working the Bills jersey pretty nicely lately. Von Miller every game. Uh, you know, three and one, no big deal. Big win over the Chiefs on uh, Sunday. That's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> felt like we might have jinxed them on the cheese steaks. Not going to do that again. But since then, I mean, we got Shaheen here in the Paddy's Pub shirt. Phillies are in the NLCS. Eagles are six and zero. Oh. Is the prodigal son? Prodigal son of uh of philadelphia going to uh let us down i think not sean brady remains undefeated gets the win over gala muhammad
3: don't hate it shaheen how you feeling
0: i don't hate it either are you taking him straight or are you taking him by some sort of prop no no no, i just
2: i just took him straight this is this is a close enough time that i took him straight uh yeah i mean like i said Bet against Bilal in Luque, lost money. Bet against uh, Bilal with Wonderboy, lost money. Convincingly lost money, too. Like It was like yeah. third, fourth round. You're like, I'm losing money on this. Yeah, it's, We're done here. This is not going to work gonna out. out. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Uh, so, yeah, it's a time-honored tradition for me at this point, losing money, betting against Bilal Muhammad. And uh, hopefully it doesn't continue on Saturday, but I'm happy to give him the opportunity to continue it.
0: This does feel like the moment it will end, that that curse for you because you just mentioned all those different fights those were great stylistic fights for the way hope yes. Muhammad has been approaching his career in this chapter this title run that he's on right he's very wrestling heavy very grappling heavy uh, a lot of a lot of you know maybe it's not the most exciting but he's getting it done that's not going to work against Sean Brady you have to think right like that is very much in Sean Brady's wheelhouse is lots of takedowns lots of grappling lots of ground and pound lots of top control like Sean Brady feels like the the dude coming up in at 170 who's all about that life i just can't when i visualize this fight in my head i cannot see bala muhammad pulling uh, a a 50 minute lay and pray on sean brady that just doesn't feel conceivable to me so i'm with you as well i'm on brady i kind of like brady by decision at plus 150 because both these both these men are i don't think anybody's getting stopped in this fight like Palal is a, a very tough individual. I also just generally like goes to decision, fight goes to decision at minus 225. Either of those love, feel like kind of nice pieces.
2: Love what you're saying there, Shaheen. Mm-hmm. I took the over two and a half in this one, parlayed it up with the previous fight we just talked about, Minoufiro, Caitlin again. That's a parlay. It pays out minus 117. Ooh, I like that. What's that come a, to? Do you it's know? It's a reasonable Offhand?
0: parlay. It pays minus 117.
2: One more, oh, okay. All right. I'm writing That's that a
3: down. a
0: reasonable
3: parlay. So I am on Brady by decision. I took that at plus one fifty for all the reasons Sean said. Um, I think that there's a world where Bilal wins this fight, Um, which is why it's why I didn't want to take Brady at the straight odds. Um, This is one of the bets that I I don't I I like it, but maybe shouldn't have made it just because like I I think Brady Brady should win grappling should it happen. But both of these dudes are. Really, really good defensive wrestlers outside of their offensive wrestling. They're both really, really good. Like, you don't take Bilal Muhammad down, you don't take Sean Brady down. And in a striking battle, Sean Brady is pretty, is still pretty raw, pretty rough around the edges on the feet. That's and true. you're talking to a man who has him, I think, ranked number six in the world. It might even be five in my welterweight rankings. I think this dude is going to challenge for a title, but Bilal is. He's certainly more active on the feet. I don't know if he's better, but I think he can. there's a world where he can outwork him now. My my big question here, the, the ultimate tipping point for me is Bilal kicks a lot. Brady's very good at catching kicks. I was earlier talking about somebody catching kicks. I was crossing my wires. It's this one uh, because Chiesa kicked Brady a bunch, and Chiesa got taken down a bunch and dominated. So if Bilal comes out throwing that body kick that he likes – uh, Brady's probably going to catch it and dump him. And that's kind of where I feel the most confident Brady can have success finding takedowns. But I think this is going to be a really tough fight, like really close back and forth battle on the feet. Maybe some grappling exchanges could seem below winning. But again, this is a bet where I should just be betting the goes to decision prop. It's obviously a much smarter bet, but instead I was like, yeah, screw it. Let's go Brady by decision. Cause I do think he's going to win.
2: Yeah. I'm hundred percent with you, man. I mean, I think that Brady's strength is what Shaheen said is going to benefit him, and it's ne- going to negate a lot of the matchup stylistically. That the advantages that Bilal has had of late. I mean, one of the biggest ones, Sean Brady's just a boulder dude. He is just a strong dude. He's a I think thick that's gonna, boy. Yeah, yes. I think that's going to play huge for him. Great wrestler, BJJ black belt. <laughs> Uh, that
3: Chiesa fight is awesome. Where is gripped against the fence, and he goes, "Oh, you really are strong." <laughs> he just yeah. says that while he's fighting. Sean. Brady. Yeah,
2: you gotta love uh, it. I actually think that Chiesa fight, that uh, that like ending where it got kind of sketchy and he, he sort of got dropped against the fence. Uh, you know, I I feel that's, like that's good for him. Kind of kind of getting a little scare in him. He's had a year off. I think he's only going to continue to improve working out of Henzo Gracie Philly. So, I like Brady to get it done. I I think uh, I can end the streak here on losing money on below.
3: I think so. I will say that I I'm betting a lot on progression. I think he is going to be better. If this were a five round fight, if this were a fight in our main event, this fight gets real tricky. Like I Bilal, could really win rounds four and five here and make this a real interesting one. Um but yeah, I'm I, this isn't. It's only fifteen. I think Brady should do enough to win fifteen.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting regardless. All right, let's keep it moving. We got to move through these uh, remaining prelims. It is a middleweight bout up next. Mahmud Muradov going up against Kyle Bahalo. That's a that's a mouthful to say, uh, saying it fast. I'm just kind of reading, uh, you know, casually. That's a tough one. So uh, right now you can get Bahalo for minus 200. Muradov for plus 170. Over-under set at 2.5. Under minus 115. Over minus 115. Uh, I teased it, Jed, to you in a Slack message, you know, no response, whatever. I guess we just, you know, ignoring what a Slack. a busy day, saying. man. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, lot know, going on. Excuses, excuses. Uh, I said I found another sub prop that I plan on losing on. I'm on a, I'm on a wild streak right now. I mean, it's gotta be getting up to like six or seven sub props in a row that I've lost on. I mean, I just dial these things up and they're just fire them off into the sun. They're just automatic losers, but I have <laughs> fire done. Fire them off
3: into the sun.
2: I have done just that on Kyle Obrado here. At let's go five, at plus five fifty. I'm taking the sub prop. So I watch back some of these fights. Murado four baby, to seven. Baby,
3: just so we're clear, this is a wolf dog. This is a wolf pack wager, baby. Because <laughs> I have the exact oh, exact go. same exact oh, same sub go. prop plus five fifty. I'm confident you're about to say all the reasons I'm on the same sub prop with you.
2: I would love to because I uh, spent more time than I'd like to have meant watching through a numerous amount of these guys' fights. Uh, all right, go back for Muradov last fight, GM3. GM3 gets the back in round one, gets it in round two, ends up tapping him in that round submission loss. Uh, you know, he's got power, Muradav. He He gets kind of reckless. 17 of his 25 wins are by KO, but sometimes he can get a little wild. He can start swinging for the fences, opens opportunities for his opponents. I think that's what's going to happen here. If you go back and watch for last two fights, Petrosian gets the back, talking hooks locked in, body triangle type stuff, all of round one, gets it again in round two, go back again to the Godzi fight, round one, round two, body triangles in. Now, the one thing that concerns me, I'm talking back time for almost the entire round. One thing that concerns me-
3: is no, he, exactly what you're about to say.
2: Yeah, he's not converting all this back time into submission victories, but I'm hoping that he changes that here. I hope you know- I guess the experiences that, that he's working with, this is the one where he's going to lock it up. Muradov, a little bit of fish out of water on the ground. Uh, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the shot. Hopefully, we're just ending a bunch of bad streaks here. Hopefully, we end the Bilal losing, and hopefully, we end the uh, sub prop losing as well. Let's it's me you two feet It's a
3: celebration, right? Let's go.
2: I love it. it is. I love I have it. so
3: many bets on this card, which is probably why I'm going to do poorly, where I oh, too. have fewer bets bad. on the fight night cards. I always win. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let me tell you two facts that you left out. I don't know whether you know them or not, but let me let me let me uh, add a little context here. First, less important, but four of Muradov's seven career losses by submission. One of those losses was a a TKO clavicle injury. So four of six Mm. true losses. Man's been tapped out. Man gets tapped out. It's a thing that he does. Uh, More importantly, I just find this delightful to to have realized. Uh, I don't need to break down the grappling of, of Cal Baraglio because I can just tell you one fact. This man uh went to a decision in a grappling uh contest with the one and only Jailton Almeida. Oh, I, I heavyweight oh. dominant grappler and Cal Baraglio, you know, middleweight dude, uh held his own, lost on, on escape time in overtime against the Jailton Almeida. Dude, dude can grapple. Dude's got the grapples on him.
2: Yeah, I mean that warmed my heart when I saw that as a you know a diehard Jalton Almeida fan.
3: Yeah. I knew so, you, I knew you'd love that one. I, mean, I knew you'd love you that one.
2: I mean, I'm actually incredibly disappointed uh that we lost Jailton off of this card. We we have yeah. to wait till November 5th to see yeah, him again. I'm
3: not because heavyweight overs would be pretty tough when Jalton's
2: yeah, fighting. Yeah, that, that actually is tough. Uh, another one we lost, just a quick, you know, side note. We were supposed to get Randy to Ritter on uh Amazon Prime Video three. Uh, one championship already are. Yeah, we were supposed to get them, and and we lost them. I was looking for a nice like Mokhaev, Jelton, Rainer to Ritter parlay. Now that we're getting one odds, but sadly, Love it it, uh, it won't be. Um,
3: I will just say, outside of the prop, I also just took Barrios straight at minus two hundred. Sick. I, this is this one way traffic, man. Like he he's good. He's a good athlete. Gonna get the takedowns. Muradov. He he loves to get submitted. He loves to get wild on the feet. <laughs> Uh, he's, you know, if Murdov grappled Jailton Almeida, he's getting tapped out. And that's really all you need to know as far as my breakdown of this fight goes.
0: I don't know that I have much to add other than asking you two fellas, like, what do you think it is that Cal has on the UFC matchmakers? Like, what dirt does he have Un- on the matchmakers? these spots, First two fights, co made events, and now he's on like the best card of the year when everyone's going to be watching. What, this what is, is the, this
3: guy w- about? This is the worst spot he's had, which is saying something when you're on 280 and you're fighting a matchup that should favor you to have a stunning performance. Is like, it
2: the neck tattoo and the glasses combo? I don't That's know. A nice he's look. a very handsome man. I was going to say, he's a good looking Brazilian dude. Yeah. Like, I think they just want to it. He's a card-carrying member of Team crazy. Handsome, but he is definitely not a card-carrying member of Team Exciting because none of these fights have been anything so far. Until he gets the neck this fight, and you're going to be like that guy. He's got the chops. Submission artist is what you're going to be saying after he cashes this <laughs> plus five fifty for us.
3: I agree. Plus five fifty. That that line was so juicy. I was like, how do you not take a shot on that number?
2: That's what so, I said too, but okay. uh, you know me and my sub props. I like to I, sniff out the obvious I ones love it. that never hit. <laughs> <laughs> oh actually sharp stuff over here it's already down to plus 500 uh all right Ooh, look at us go i can't believe we're oh, both man. on the sub prop that's actually i'm fantastic. so excited by it that uh,
0: I'm, I, I'm very much in on this with, with you fellas you sold me
2: yeah uh, just give us let's a go just give us a shot that's that's all i care just get close get to he's where i'm gonna, like, gonna really have smiling. back
3: control it's whether he pounds him out or goes for the goes for the throat i think he's gonna take the throat
2: all right let's we're keep it feel rolling. like geniuses we continue on the prelims. It is a light heavyweight bout. We got Vulcan Ozdemir going up against Nikita Krylov. Right now you can get Krylov for minus 165, the minor. And you can get Vulcan coming back for plus 140. Over under has now they have posted one and a half over minus 150 under uh, plus 120. I say that because I'm on the under two and a half at minus 145. Uh, I know what you guys are probably thinking, Connor. Krylov, three of his last five have gone to a decision. Vulcan, three of his last four have gone to a decision. Let me stop you right there. Just those three decisions are the only time Krylov has ever been to decisions in his entire career. 37 professional fights, 34 of them have gone the under two and a half. Uh, Those are pretty good statistics in my book. 27 of those 37 have ended in the first round. Vulcan, not as juicy there, but 16 of the 24 have gone under the two and a half, and then 12 ending in the first round. Just think these are big dudes, light heavyweights, finishing capabilities, can be finished. Uh, And I think Krylov is just going to come in here, make this a pretty chaotic fight, and someone's going to end up getting finished.
3: Shaheen, how are you feeling here? I,
2: I, it's as if I, I wiped
0: Nikita's last fight entirely out of my mind. Like I, I genuinely forgot that he beat Alexander <laughs> Gustafsson. You just didn't want to
2: feel that feel. In like the easiest way possible.
3: Yeah.
0: Like I, I, saw that on Wikipedia. I covered that fight. I watched that fight and I cannot <laughs> remember that fight. And I did not remember that fight existed until I just saw it uh, on his record. Yeah, man. I don't know. This is a tough one because when we talk about chaos, like right. Charles over there chaos, like all all the chaos talk we've had today. These two dudes are about that life. These two, Nikita in particular is chaos incarnate. Like any trying to predict what's going to happen in a Nikita Krylov fight is just exhaustive process. So for me, (laughs) I I, I favor Ozdemir on the underdog odds. Uh, To me, this feels like a 50-50 fight. So to get him at at plus 145, which is what I saw the line at, that feels like the best value on this, but I don't feel strongly one way or another about this. This feels like this could end in five seconds or it could just be the worst 15-minute decision of the night.
3: Yeah, man. This one, I ultimately don't have a bet down, but I am I may pull the trigger by fight night. I, I reached out to our colleague, Alexander K. Lee, a uh, great writer at a great website, MMAfighting.com. Go check it out. Pretty uh, good website. Because he's, he's Ozdemir. He, he, Ozdemir's his boy. He had Vulcan hanging just fastidiously in the rankings when everybody else was checking him out. And Ozdemir comes out, gets the Paul Craig W. And MMA math does say that Ozdemir wins. Beat Paul Craig. Uh, Krylov obviously did not beat Paul Craig
2: Sounds I strategy. wanted to
3: yeah I wanted to bet it was Demir at, at the Underdog Odds I can't get the Yuri fight out of my head though and I know Yuri's Yuri and he's the the champion of the world but Yuri also specializes in a particular brand of chaos and the closest thing to him is Nikita Krylov like that dude is just gonna, gonna bring anarchy with him and the the decider that I that maybe not bet Ozdemir is Krylov's never been f- f- like knocked out. He was beaten up by Sal Peleli at heavyweight a million years ago, Uh, but he he doesn't get dropped. He doesn't really get hurt on the feet all that. At all like he's just he's insanely durable, and he's gonna bring that storm of chaos. And I don't I think Ozdemir can can hang with him for a little bit, but he year he ended up getting him, and I kind of feel like like Krylov's gonna get him too. So I'm. I have circled Krylov inside the distance at 140. I haven't pulled it because I still – I just have so many bets that I kind of think that I should not bet this because there's no reason to, but I want to bet this because it's going to be fun as hell, I think.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i with you on the on the chaos parts. Who's going to win? I don't know. I think either Krylov goes in there and just gets him out of there easy in the first round, uh, or he does what he does and makes the fight chaotic and Vulcan catches him. I mean, Volkan, he, he hasn't gotten a knockout in three years, but he still carries that power and he is capable of it. I know you just mentioned Krylov not really getting knocked out by someone, but it's always a possibility. Anybody can get knocked out.
3: Anybody can get got. It's
2: a fact. All right. That's all we got on this one. All right. These next ones, uh, you know, we won't be as, as sharp. Do you have a play on the Tukugov Almeida or the Nurmagomedov Godzi fights, Jen. Uh
3: I have a play on tu- uh, Tukugov Almeida. I do not have on the, on the Nurmi Omar Godzi fight.
2: Yeah. So, so I really it. just wanted to throw it out there, you know, just kind of a thought process here, uh, you know, sort of inspired by our go- by our guy Javier Mendez uh, joining the MMA yesterday. I was thinking maybe like uh, his team parlay. I, I don't know if I'm going to get around Considered to it. it. Uh, Nurmagomedov, Tukugov, and, uh, And Islam pays out at plus 304, one of my books right now. Uh, Just kind of wanted to get your, you know, pick your brain, get your thoughts on that.
3: I considered doing it for a gimmick, but then I just had so many other bets it was unnecessary. Um, Also, shout out to Sean Shelby and company because like, Godziev has fought Baralio or uh, fought Petrosian, who also fought Baralio. Like, there's a bunch of dudes who have all fought each other, all just hanging around on this card. So, it actually made watching tape really easy. I had to watch, like, <laughs> substantially fewer fights. Like, ah, oh, I can see both of these two gentlemen in this particular battle. Uh, Godziev's the one that I think might jam up your parlay. Uh, I just remember should, like, theoretically win that, but uh, he's. He's misstepped in spots where he shouldn't have. And I I just don't have any I don't carry the confidence with him that I do. Um and, and Omar Godziev is not like an awful fighter. So there's that. Um, I took a shot on Tukagov just to throw this out there. Uh this is minus one fifty five, and that number feels low. I get why it's there, but because this Tukagov is is nominally a striker. Like that's what he prefers to do. He wrestles a lot and he's very good at it. And I think he will just do that to Almeida and and have a lot of success, and he can. It, it's pretty even on the feet with them. Almeida's maybe a touch faster, and certainly has more variety. But that I shouldn't have made the bet. I was just I tur- I just couldn't I couldn't help myself. But fire. I bet, considered it. I actually down. strongly no.
2: considered it. Yeah, I just made a loss to the Parlay Killer Daniel Zellhoover.
3: That that uh I would be lying if that didn't if I said that didn't that, play a role.
2: It feels like me making a personal attack on him. <laughs> uh, Sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you hold grudges. I thought um, about it. Uh, haven't gotten around to it. I still am considering. It. Is it AKA? Would it officially be the AKA parlay? I, I had would, it as the uh,
0: Coach Habib parlay because I had that yeah, written okay. down as well. That feels oh, like the like Coach Habib parlay, which to me, it might, you know, it's a theme night.
2: It might be a magical night for the whole. I love uh, I father's love plan week. idea. You know, we had, the, we had the magic with the. Oh, shit. French you favorites. just sold me on it. Yep. Coach Habib parlay, I'm in. I'm placing oh, it right no, now. No, it's
3: not Coach Khabib. It's Father's oh, plan. The it's plan is plan. Wow. because it's father, Father's plan. Father's plan. I did. Father's plan was that Islam won the belt. Like then he, it solidified him as the coach. And this is the culmination of Father's wow. plan. And that that right there sold me. Like I, yeah.
2: Because I wasn't going to do
3: it, but like I don't. How do you walk away from that?
2: TFPP, you can't. It's father's the plan. Father's plan. plan parlay. parlay. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Like, in. I'm in. Now I have I bets actually, on every
3: fight on the card.
0: <laughs> now I'm wondering. There we go. Do I, I, do I, 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 do I, I got that or up or to plus three plus 320. I don't know where the line I mean, is.
3: 320, all right. I, I would, I'd believe it because both Nurmagomedov and Tugorov are, are sub minus 200. And so right, is listen. Islam. All three of them are tight.
2: Listen, you have I, a play on Tugorov. You, you're very confident in Islam. I'll back the confidence here. Remember, I'm looking at Nurmagomedov right now. I'm looking at how it's spelled. I see a magomed in It act. does. I see a Magomed in there, fifty and eight all time in UFC. If you got Magomed in your name,
3: it's true. There's one of the rules. Uh, it's the Magomed name. Uh, also, like very clearly, it they want this parlay to hit. Like these are, they didn't make this fight card and go to Abu Dhabi with these guys for them to lose. Like it's yes. clearly the book. The, the God, that that's that great stuff from
2: happen. you, Shane. I, I yeah. can't even. The father's playing parlay. I mean. You you have paid dividends. Listen to the dogs barking. I love it. I love it. I That's, mean, they're hyped about it too. You you've got with a lot of dogs heat, barking dogs on this car, baby. Uh,
3: I will also. We can kill. Apologies, on this.
2: apologies yeah. on that. <laughs>
3: it, it happens. I will just round I have it three out. Three dogs saying, and a
0: baby in my house. It's chaos.
3: You have a lot of things. Uh, there is. I don't have a line down yet. I am a little bit interested just to see what uh, Tukhov by split decision looks like because he's he's gone to several of those in his career. And I always just want to take a just take an eyeball and see how I feel about it, Um, because I could also see this being a tighter than than we would want it for the father's plan parlay. But father's plan, man, I'm in.
0: Oh, just to, uh, just to even throw in more say. support on the father's plan parlay. Before that, we even started this fight, I had I was with you, Jed. I had to two golf minus one fifty five. I also had to two golf decision plus one sixty five. Feels like if he wins, that that's does how he's probably going to win. Yeah. Um, Zubai, you talk about Benil Dariush being one of the most underrated fighters in the UFC. I wouldn't put Zubaira there at all by any means. But when you look at his level of competition, it is very clear that he is fighting extraordinarily good good fighters for the most part in his career, and he's beating all of the fighters who are not at that extraordinarily good level, right? Like, and and even the ones he's are not team? a Moicano, and, a team? exactly, and both of those. Moicano and Duato. Those are both split decisions. I'm super high on Lerone Murphy. I think Lerone Murphy is going to make a big impact in that division whenever he can make a sustainable run and, and be pretty active. Otherwise, it's just W's up and down the board for Zubaira. I feel like we this is another case that we just haven't seen him very often and for a long time we haven't seen him. He's been on such a long layoff. I kind of really like those decision odds at plus 165. <sighs> it's not bad.
2: I it's I'm starting to think at I'm going to add Zubaira as a single you guys have sold me this much.
3: I I need to bring us back to the father's plan parlay cuz I don't think this matters but I do want to put this out there to make sure we establish it. Those 3 in the father's plan parlay rock solid. Is there any inclination, any thought? Bilal Muhammad spent some time with with the boys with oh. with with Habib and companies. not that's not, you know, his team but he's been there, been working with them certainly in Abu Dhabi does he have to make an appearance or is he just clearly not part of father's plan?
2: He's not part. How could, how He's could he be part, part of father's plan? Okay. That feels how like you're bastardizing part? the idea of the father's plan. I'm just, parlay. no, I'm
3: just making sure that we established it I uh, Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> because I don't want him in my parlay. Thank you. Thank you. Because I don't
2: want him in my parlay. I have lost a lot of money making bets against Bilal Muhammad and I, <laughs> and I continue to do so. Uh, and I have no plans of changing that anytime soon. All right, Maybe the change. father's a jersey on Saturday, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it'd have to be a t-shirt. Get the fight kit. Yeah, Get the uh, Bilal
3: fight kit. I'd, I'd have, have to get a
2: kit? Bula one at the same time if I'm going to do that. Maybe they have a 50-50 deal or something that <laughs> I could do two at once. All right, <laughs> those are those fights. That's the father's plan parlay. We're all locked in now. I cannot wait to cash that. Uh, it's going to be absolutely legendary if it does. we got three fights left to get through. This is probably going to break the record for the longest episode, but that's what happens when you have Mr. Shaheen al-Shadi on, and that's what happens when you have a card like UFC 280. Next up, it is a middleweight bout. Armin Petrosian going up against A.J. Dobson. Right now, Petrosian can be had for minus 205. Dobson coming back at plus 175. The over-under is set at 2.5, under minus 210, over plus 165. I don't have anything on this fight. The only thing I considered was a violence prop. I could see this one uh, ending early.
3: Oh, you got over, or you got the over under at two and a half, eh? Because I have the over under at one and a half, and I'm on the under, baby. On um, one that, and a half. That's my bet here. Uh, Let's go. AJ. AJ Dobson is not a man who uh, <laughs> likes to likes to get paid by the hour. You know he gets he gets paid by the minute. He's in there to get the job done quickly or not. Uh, only one fight of his has gotten out of the first round. It was his most recent one against Jacob Malkoon. Jacob Malkoon, uh just tackled him and sat on him for 15 minutes, and that's what happened. And that's not what Petrosian Petrosian's about. He's about chucking the mitts. AJ Dobson, he wants to come out and throw hands. And this is less about Petrosian and mostly just that the way Dobson fights, if you're not going to tackle him, it's going to be over. Somebody's getting knocked out early on. So one and a half, I took the under. I would feel really great about taking under two and a half, honestly. What about under two and f- a
2: half at minus 200?
3: Yeah, honestly, that's better. That is a better bet just because you get a little bit extra room, and it's it's minus one ten for the under one and a half. So you're still on the negative side of the dollars. All right, I'm picking um, that right took, now.
2: Look at me just adding all these bets because of you guys.
3: But yeah, I took minus one <laughs> minus uh one ten for under one and a half, and feel really good that Dobson is going to force the issue in this fight.
2: Sick. Uh, Glad you convinced me on that. Didn't take much convincing. Last
3: bet I convinced you on was a winner. It
2: was a plus 330 winner. Shout out Yeah, this
3: one isn't as as tasty, but still a winner.
2: Winners are winners, baby. Uh, All right, speaking of winners, uh, the next fight we go to is a prelim bout taking place in the men's flyweight division. Uh, do I need to say anything else? No, we could move on. We get end the podcast right now. That's all that needs to be said. You know what's going to happen here. Muhammad Makaev going up against Malcolm Gordon. Uh, right now, you can get Makaev for minus 850, Gordon plus 600, yada, yada, yada. I would say who cares, but I care because I did parlay Makaev up. But the more important part is the over under is set at one and a half over minus 125, under minus 105.
3: Smash it, baby! So all you can it. do is smash it. Um, there's,
2: there's nothing to be said.
3: There's nothing to be said. It, it's a winning bet every time out. Uh, I also parlayed Makayev, and uh, I took Makayev inside the distance at minus two hundred because Makayev is going to win, and this is going to go under one and a half. So obviously, Makayev is winning inside the distance. So uh, it, it's just very simple math at that point. Uh, I won't break this fight down. Beyond saying, Muhammad Makayev is is going to hold the belt uh, in the not too distant future. There's a real good chance to hold two belts uh, before his career is all said and done. And Malcolm Gordon has literally never stopped to takedown um, in his UFC career. Three people have a, or three shots have been had on him. All three of them got him down. Makayev will will add a fourth, and he won't need to add a fifth. It's one and done. Going to finish this one. It's a wrap, real quick. And if Malcolm Gordon wins. That's going to hurt my bank account more than a Charles Oliveira <laughs> win is going to hurt my pride. I love it because I'm pretty exposed. I'm of I,
2: I love that you are. Uh, you know, if people are still doubting us, because I'm with you. You know, minus eight fifty is a DraftKings sportsbook right now. Every other book across the board, he's minus a thousand or up. Yeah. If you really, if you want to be like these guys are bullshit, you know. Uh, flyweight unders—that's just a dumb bet. Uh, you know they're only eight and zero so far Please, on the air. please keep saying unders. it's a
3: dumb bet. So we if can you get really better. I going to
2: convince you: the guy that he's fighting, the guy that the minus a thousand and up at almost every sportsbook right now, Muhammad Makayev. The guy that he's fighting in Malcolm Gordon. Ten of his last eleven fights have gone under one and a half, win or lose. Three of them were losses. One of those he got submitted in. Two of them he got knocked out. Nine of those ten ended in the first round as well. So you got a you got a minus a thousand going up against a guy that cannot stand. He absolutely hates going over one and a half. Uh I like it. I love it. I played it at plus one oh five. Uh and you're t- kind of talking me into an inside the distance bet on oh. uh Mohammed as well. Might I love, might I had
0: a little more juice Please to the fly under proposal. Oh, I would love, love nothing it. more. A little something to get this into plus odds maybe. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Mohamed Mahayev, TKO, KO, plus 280. That doesn't feel bad for a little splash. Mohamed Mahayev, submission, plus 160. That doesn't Submit, feel bad for a little splash. Submission feels better. Yeah, that's Either a tough, one, a little splash.
3: A little dash. Submission feels better because three of them Are Gordon's, you going to pick it right?
2: Are you going to choose it right? That's always the tough thing. It's
3: tough. Because Mahayev really does mix up his, his TKOs versus submission. So. Okay, that's true. why I just took the inside the distance. Just because I didn't want to play the game of, of pick of picking spot. Effort, it. Just you're going to get the job done before the judges are necessary.
2: An absolute beauty. I cannot wait for that one. I'm with you, dude. I mean, until otherwise shown, other t- until I see something otherwise than what I've seen from Mohammed Makayev, the plan is to just keep winning until he holds the belt. Just I mean, bet him forever. Dude is an absolute beast. Hopefully, as he moves into the top 15, we'll get some much more playable lines rather than him just always Unlikely,
3: honestly. He's I, just always going to be a big agree. favorite.
2: I actually agree with you. Uh, all right. The last Final bout, one. We don't do it every time. We don't do it every time. But for 280, for, for Shaheen Elshadi, we talked about every fight on this card. Last one to get into. It's a women's bantamweight bout. Lena Landsberg is taking on Carol Rosa. Right now you can get Hosa for minus 295. Landsberg plus 245. Uh, over-under set at 2.5. Over minus 285. Under plus 225. Uh, I'm on Carol Hosa money line. Took her at minus 230. Landsberg's 40. She hasn't won a fight in three years. She landed one significant strike uh, in 15 minutes against Sarah McMahon. I just, I don't think Carol Rose stat? is a world beater.
0: Is That's that a real, real set.
2: One significant strike over 15 minutes against Sarah McMahon. I don't it's think Carol Rose is a world beater, but I do it's think she's a Lena I think she's a Lena Lansberg beater.
3: Shaheen, I have I have things I need to say about this fight. So why don't why don't we turn to you before we get into all my all my BS. <laughs> You
2: didn't sound happy with the. I'm not. I'm you know, not either the Lena Landsberg I'm slander conflicted. or the Carol Hosa support.
3: I'll explain it in a moment, but I want to okay, see sure. where Shaheen is before I. I'm looking
0: forward to this. Uh, you won't have to wait long. Unlike you, I have no thoughts about this fight. This fight is representative to me of how bad this division really is. So I will turn the the, the <laughs> microphone over to you, Jen.
3: So here's here's the problem, buddy. Everything in my brain says that Hosa is going to win this fight. That Hosa by decision at minus 110, yeah. is just one of the safest and best bets on the card. But as I was looking over this fight card, I was trying to find a Costanza, to find the Costanza <laughs> to test. I forgot.
2: And many oh, wow. people, I want, bro.
3: Many oh, people wow. would have said, Muhammad Makayev is the Costanza. But he's not, and there's a very specific reason the the Makayev fight isn't. I can see how Makayev loses, because he's still only 23, he's still getting his (laughs) legs under him. You can see a prospect loss for a guy like that in a situation like this. Like That is an explicable thing to happen. It would not all the way stun me. But when I looked at this fight, the note I have written down is how is this line this low? (laughs) It is, Landsberg is 40. She's not good at anything. Like, she's just, she's not a good strike. She's not a good wrestler. She's not really a really good grappler. Rosa isn't a great fighter, but she's 27. She's hitting athletics. She's a better athlete, better, probably better in all facets. I do not understand how this is minus 305. And so I want to bet Rosa by decision. I want to put Rosa in a parlay, but. That's the whole purpose of the Costanza. <laughs> you doing
2: this?
3: The whole purpose of the Costanza is that up, I can't, I cannot fabricate a way that this bet won't win. And so I must be wrong. And so I don't feel good about it. And the Costanza theory may immediately die a horrid, horrid death right now. <laughs> But I am nothing if not a man of science. I'm gonna test out my theories. I'm gonna test them and see how they go. We riding on a heater from last week with the over one and a half in the Todorovich fight. We we took the shot on 40 Landsberg at plus two fifty-five.
2: I, I can't believe that you did that. <laughs> at here. least it's
3: the main card. It's the it opens the card. I'm gonna know immediately if Costanza's real or not. This is the test, and we're putting it to it.
2: Here's the good news for you. Last week. The Costanza theory, you put it to the test on the Todorovic, Jordan Wright, over one and a half. I was on the under one and a half. Once again, your Costanza theory is up to the test on Lena Landsberg. I am on Carol Hosa. Once again, it's I got true. a good line, just like I did on Todorovic Wright. Line movement really means nothing. If it's a loser, it doesn't matter at all. Is is history said to repeat itself? I hope not, but God, will it be one of the funniest thing ever if Lena <laughs> Landsberg comes out of here it and gets a be-
3: it will be the second funniest thing that's ever happened to me in this sport after uh, Juliana Pena knocking out Amanda Nunes, me calling it. thats That will remain the best thing that's ever happened to me. But if Costanza wins this test, man, I'm going to ride this pony forever because it's awesome. But yeah, I uh, every, like I said, everything in my head says that you're right. Uh, I think my brain says Rosa by decision is one of the best – Bets on the entire card, and yet I'm on Lena Landsberg plus two fifty five.
2: God, I can't wait for this. Look at, at that! that. <laughs> okay. All right, Look so that. that's it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a journey. <laughs> that is UFC two hundred and eighty. Fourteen fights up, fourteen fights down. I have entirely too much action. A winning week so is mad. a miracle at this point. I mean, I'm talking. I like, can't. What do I have? Eleven <laughs> singles and four parlays. Like, oh my god. Yeah, I have so much action. This is going to be one of those ones where you're just looking around, just firing off everything. and You just got to check the accounts uh, when everything's over. It's going to be madness. It's going to be magical. It's going to be beautiful. You have I cannot wait. Sixteen and
3: three parlays.
2: Holy <laughs> Jeez, hell! You have sixteen singles down. Well, you know, I, I have fifteen bets than they are fights, man.
3: <laughs> I have I have fifteen bets and then discussion. one that I'm the Krylov bet that I'm probably going to take.
2: <laughs> at some, with, some the, point. with the with the father's. Uh, father's plan parlay and Petrosian Dobson under that you convinced me on to that got me on every single fight We're, we're I'm, on every, I'm
3: on every fight because of the father's plan and the yeah, guy we're team.
2: recreating 276 or no, I don't think two, that worked
3: out well for me if I recall
2: it actually did work out well I had a pretty good week at, at international fight week but that's that that's UFC 280 the Super Bowl of MMA if you made it this long longest episode of No Best Barred History Shaheen very busy man uh, thank you so much for staying this long with us
0: Absolutely! Are you kidding me? This was a, this was a blast. I cannot wait for this Father's Plan Parlay to hit, and all of us just that was to the best geniuses. part of the show. That's the, that's I mean, the money parlay. That's it. That's I the mean, movie. I
2: The fact that you brought that to us is yeah, is that just was a great addition. Father's Plan. Why is the best in the business?
3: And we get we get a flyweight under. We get Costanza, Father's Plan. Everything's coming up us. It's going to be delightful. I've already had
2: a fantastic day after leg two of Father's Plan hits with Takugov, and we'll only be five fights in the card, and we'll already have Costanza theory tested, flyweight under down, halfway, over halfway in the, the Father's Plan Lions Parlay in the world. <laughs> I know i i almost want to order it a might swedish be the flag. only in the, Landsberg. Landsberg fan yes. in the world. I want, I want to order you a swedish flag start the day with some swedish meatballs maybe go to ikea oh, go
3: get some swedish fish just just munch yes, on those at yes. 10 a.m
2: oh my god this has to happen all right that's 280 saturday big day big big day cannot wait for it uh shaheen any last things you'd like to say before we let you go let's make that money boys that's all I that's, needed to hear. Let's all. make that money. UFC 280, enjoy the card. Just soak it in. Just soak it in. These pay per views, you just got to enjoy them while they're here. Cannot wait for it. Saturday, day cards in the US. Back next week, Arnold Allen fights, something going on at the Apex. We'll talk then.
3: Love you guys.
0: Fox Media Podcast Network.